A one, a two. We have a thousand things to do, but we'd rather chat to you. With emails and meetings and husbands and kids, we don't have time for this. Just what you need to basic bitches with a podcast. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Pranita, a.k.a. Gemma Peanut on the gram, along with my co-host, Revs! <laughs> Whoops. Sorry, I was taking content for the gram as you were talking. Hanging shit on you. Apologies. I'm here. I'm here. I'm present. I'm ready. I'm psyched. Dear listeners, Revs is lit. <laughs> She's... Had some vodka in a can. I had vodka in a can. I'm like 17. It's 2002. <laughs> I'm feeling the vibes. She's on high vibes, which is great because um, I'm needing a bit of a pick-me-up this yes. week. I think I'm overcompensating for your like dog, dead, tired soul. But I'm here. You're here. And you showed up. Babe, you showed up. I'm being present and I'm leaning in. Mm-hmm. So, how are you? I'm good. Big week. Huge week, but I feel like we say that every week, that the dear listeners will be like, we do. But there's light at the end of the tunnel for me. Yes, talk it up. So, did a huge week of filming on a secret project. Oh my God, so secretive. (laughs) But I'm very excited to launch this out into the world, but it's been full immersion, all-consuming, living, breathing, as it is when you launch any new business or collection or product or whatever it is out into the world, it's all requiring of me. Yes. So I've hardly seen the kids. Hubs has been on full parenting duty and absolutely smashing it. So annoying. Annoying, but also helpful. (laughs) Great. But why does he keep doing this? He's really showing you up. He is. And I realize that he's actually a better parent than me. Oh, babe. Oh, honey. (laughs) How do I tell you? We've all known this for a very long time. (laughs) Do you know what? He keeps saying, babe, can I retire soon? Because you seem to suit working and I suit parenting. And I'm like, maybe. You keep talking about this, but is this really off the cards? Why couldn't you do that? I mean, one day, maybe. Maybe he can retire early and just full-time dad and I'll bring in the bacon. Oh, my God. Dream. I reckon if I offered that to my husband, he would snap it up. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's Easter this coming weekend. Yes, pumped. It's the best holiday, P.S. Why? Okay, you get four days off when you didn't see it coming. Like, it just shocks you every single year. Blah, blah, blah. It's Thursday. Wait, next week I get a four-day week. Is that true? Yeah, I never see it coming. So your work honours those holidays? Yeah, they're public holidays. You have to. So I get Friday off. I get Monday off. So it's like this four-day holiday you never saw coming. It's chocolate and it's chocolate bread. (laughs) What more could you want? (laughs) Chocolate and bread for everyone. This Easter feels significantly scary for us. Oh, why? Because we're going to nix and get rid of Rafa's bloody dummy addiction. Good. Yeah. About time. Yeah. Biggest mistake I ever made was... that shit has been ruining your photos since (laughs) 2017. Let's get rid of those weird dummies. They're so weird. They're so intense. And why are they a full face situation? So for dear listeners who don't have context, Rafa has this brand of dummies, which is so off-brand for me, (laughs) but they're called Wubbanub dummies. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Soz, what are they called? Wubbanub. 
Except they're big in America. Okay. I was gifted one for my baby shower and I was like, oh, this is cute. Were you? Or were you like, what the fuck is this? It's yeah. a toy. It's a dummy. I was a bit in that category. And we had these beautiful bibs, neutral toned dummies. And of course, Raph gravitated to the Wubbanup dummy. And then I panicked and thought, well, if we lose it, we're screwed. And you have to buy them in America. I don't know anywhere in Australia that stocks them. What's the shipping? Oh, it's outrageous. So I bought like 10 <laughs> because I was like, this better be worth it. Yeah, 147 US shipping. Oh, probably. She's got like a caterpillar, an elephant, a bear. She a loves hippopotamus. But her favorite is the one I hate the most. It's fuchsia pink with paisley filigree design oh on God. it. It's as subtle as a fart in a library. Yep. And uh, I'm ready to be done with them. Yeah, they're pretty fuggers. But she is a crack addict for them. Do you think it's like if your parents were smokers, you'd never even have one cigarette? Like your whole house is like in the palette, as we've discussed before. (laughs) Regular listeners will know I give you shade for your life palette. Do you reckon she's like, I see your life palette and I raise you a hot pink paisley face dummy that I'm never taking out of my gob that you're going to have to stick all over Instagram. Oh, I know. And this weekend is the weekend we say bye-bye. Okay, so tell me, how is Easter related to dummies? So I've been reading up on how to dummy ween. Mm -hmm. The advice is to choose an event, Mm -hmm. whether it's Christmas or Easter. Some people do what's called the dummy fairies, so you can do it any time of year. And the idea is that you empower them to give up their dummies. Sure. As opposed to confiscating them and saying, you can't have these anymore. So we have been bigging up this narrative (laughs) for weeks. (laughs) And the narrative goes like this. So as we now know, Rafa's dummies are connected to all of these obnoxious plush toys and so we now say to Rafa what happens when the Easter bunny comes and she's got it on loop where she says we cut the dummies because Hubs and I thought if we cut the dummies then she can at least keep the toy that Mm -hmm. she's attached to. Skanky toy. Oh they stink. Oh I bet they stink. Yeah so she says we cut the dummies and then we give the dummies to the Easter bunny to give to all the babies and in return Easter bunny gives me chocolate and a present. Story checks. Yeah. Just so been... convoluted. <laughs> Is it convoluted? Well, if my near three-year-old can recite that back to me. Hey, if it works for you. Imagine if she goes to daycare. She's like, on the weekend, the Easter bunny is coming. What's the Easter bunny? It's a rabbit that brings chocolate in a basket for all the boys and girls and steals your dummies and cuts <laughs> off the toys and leaves it behind. Well, I'm clutching. Yeah. I'm desperate. Yeah. I'm willing. speed. Everyone tells me that I should brace for okay. three nights, Oof. three days of hell, because apparently they forget the chocolate novelty, the new oh, toy sure. novelty wears off, and then they're like, dummy? And you're like, no, remember? Yeah. You gave it to the Easter bunny. So they're like, love the story. Then they're like, okay, it's bedtime. Can I have my dummy yeah. back? And you're like, no, no, remember what we've been rehearsing for three months? Yeah. In case our dear listeners are wondering why we've chosen now, so Rafa's going to be three in a few weeks. The reason why we've chosen now is because as she gets older, the addiction has become next level. Mm. So she knows that the dummies aren't allowed to leave the house. So whenever we go out of the house, it's like she runs in, grabs a dummy and does like... Like 10 Maggie Simpson sucks, like a crack addict, and then like puts it on the counter and then runs out the door. Like she needs her fix. She's proper addicted. Yeah. It's intense. Yeah. And she doesn't know how to self-soothe without them, and that's a problem. Yeah, right. Is she a thumb sucker? Nope. 
Okay, so what are the problems with dummies? I guess at some point you have to get them off them. Yes. They can't be going to school with like... <laughs> well, I guess some kids might. No. Well, Iggy's a thumb sucker and I hear that's even more challenging. Because you can't take the thumb away. There's no. no thumb fairy. Exactly. Come get your digits. I mean, I've heard from a few parents who I've inquired with about thumb sucking who have older kids. And one of them said her daughter was a thumb sucker till she was seven and went to school one day and a fellow student turned to her and said, why are you sucking your thumb? Babies suck your thumb. Are you a baby? And she came home from school in floods of tears and then self-weaned and the mum was like fuck yeah thanks bully weaned my thumb sucker oh dear <laughs> yeah i've seen kids with guards on their hands to try and stop them from sucking wait their that's thumb. a thing yeah i was a thumb sucker and my mum got like a nail polish that tasted disgusting that's like <laughs> not child abuse <laughs> <laughs> hey jamma <laughs> thanks for the child abuse i feel like parenting is really different now because my brother did the same thing it was a nail varnish that tastes horrible but i feel like these days you're not allowed to smack your children you're not allowed to put toxic products on them you just treat the kids like you treat the dog like every time it starts digging you just start spraying them with (laughs) the water bottle ah well look we'll all be rooting for you yep i'll give you an update next week let us know how you go i'm terrified aren't you like be away for work for three nights. Oh. I feel like Super Hubs has got this covered. Right? Yeah. And he's firmer than me. Mm. Like, I don't know. I witnessed something tonight that was very intriguing. Talk it up. You were like, it's bedtime, Rafa. And she's like, I'm just going to do a quick drawing. And you're like, nope, no, it's bedtime. And then she went straight round to her dad and went, Daddy, can I do a quick drawing? And he just like didn't want to say no. So he was just like, hmm? <laughs> Just pretended to not hear. None. And she said it like four times. He's like, no, mummy said no. He's handballing bad cop role to you me. You are bad cop. Yeah, but then he's also started this other thing where if she comes out of her room, he's like, all right, you're sleeping with the animals. Yes. And this just, kid is going to be in so much therapy. Oh, for sure. And I remember the first time Hubs pulled that card when Rafa came out downstairs into the living room and Hubs went, okay, it, that's it. I've told you three times, you've had three opportunities, you're sleeping out with the animals. And she called his bluff and was like, okay, I'll sleep with the animals. But then, to his credit, full commitment, made a bed outside on the deck. Oh, my God. And then she was like fucking losing it. And he's like, no, no, I gave you three opportunities. You've got to sleep with the animals now. And he even lay her down on this bed on the deck, put a blanket and walked back inside and shut the door. I mean, Just you opens c- up Spotify, puts lion sounds on. <laughs> like, have a good night, Rafa. <laughs> but you know what? She might end up in therapy, but it works. Hey, quick fix. Well, now every time all we have to do is say sleep with the animals and she's like, runs upstairs there's nothing more humbling than when your tiny child calls your bluff on a threat well you gotta follow through i know but sometimes you do the wildest shit and then you're like fuck now i've got to follow through do you have an example of that bloody teddy was being such a jerk on christmas eve and you know how many months do you do if you do that santa's not gonna come and he was like peak jerk and i was like do i have to do this do i have to go find some coal to put in his stocking (laughs) So then I was finding opportunities for him to be good at like 6pm on Christmas Eve Ugh. so that I didn't have to Commit. like to be Scrooge on Christmas Day. Yeah. The worst is when you go to a friend's house oh, yeah. and they're being a jerk Yeah. and then you threaten to leave and you're like, if you do that one more time, we have to go home and then they do it again and you're like, I don't want to go home. I'm trying to catch up with my mate. Oh. It's like the worst threat. Yes. You need something else. 
I will say, though, something happened this week that made me quite proud. What? Rafa lied for the first time. Now, I know why you're proud. Yeah, why am I proud? But you have to, set, you have to t- give some context. Because people are like, what happened? Oh, she lied. Oh, she's proud? What the hell am I listening to? Well, I watched a series. It's called The Secret Life of Four-Year-Olds. Oh, yep. Love it. And I learned on that show, highly educational, <laughs> that learning to lie is actually a vital part of their cerebral development. Yep. And it's a sign of intelligence. Well, then I've got some hella smart kids. <laughs> They lie blatantly to my face all the time. They're not good at it. I love it. But they really invent some corkers. So Teddy's a klepto. Have I told everyone this before? Really? Oh, my God. I take his pants off to put him in the bath every night. If he's been at daycare, just kilos of toys fall out. Oh, my God. I take his shorts off. It's like, there's a little Hot Wheels. There's a little dinosaur. Here's a block from daycare. He's a klepto. Thief. He just steals shit. I held up this yellow car. I'm like, Teddy, where'd you get this? Trying to, te- you know, make it a teaching moment. And he's like, that's mine. It literally says on it in Sharpie, the name of his preschool, <laughs> like <laughs> written across the top. Anyway, the next day I take it back and I'm like, oh, hey, Miss Louise. Sorry, Teddy, put this in his pocket. She's like, yeah, we've had to start writing the names on them. And I was like, wait, wait for, t- wait for Teddy. <laughs> Or just in general. Or just in general. Like, giving her an opportunity to say, like, just in general. She's like, yeah. (laughs) Just left me hanging. I was like, oh, my God, my kid's a klepto. Oh, my God, Rebs, I hate to break it to you, but being a klepto is not the same as having heightened intelligence because they've learnt to lie before their time. Like Like, that's just straight up criminal. Oh, no. I love how you tried to weave that into, like, oh, my God, my kids are so smart because Teddy's a klepto. No, I'm talking about basic lying and the layered intelligence that's required to, like, craft a lie. Well, I was trying to set it up. Teddy lies all the time because he's a klepto and then he has to cover his crimes. No, that's just problematic. Oh, no. And he's covering his crimes badly. Oh, like, shit. Like, that's not even remotely clever. Okay, what was Rafa's lie about? Oh, it's not that great a story. <laughs> great setup. I was bathing Iggy and she came upstairs with a zooper duper, which is an ice block, yeah. like an icy pole, and said, Mummy, can you open this for me? And I said, Why have you got a zooper duper? It was like Tuesday night. Like, that's not zooper duper night. No. And, what um, is zooper duper night? <laughs> Everyone knows it's Thursday. <laughs> Friday and Saturday, okay? okay? Yeah. And I said, no, you can't have a zooper duper because you didn't eat your dinner. And she said, Daddy said I could have one. And I was like, did he? Well, that's interesting because he hasn't opened it for you and zooper dupers mm. require scissors. So, Ooh, good detective work. And she said, oh, Mummy, can you get the scissors and open it for me? And I said, are you sure Daddy said you could have a zooper duper? And she said, yes. So went downstairs and she ran ahead of me to her daddy. He straight up looked up from his phone and said, Babe, why are you giving her a zooper duper? She didn't finish her dinner. Oh, bold face lie. Yeah, she tried it though. She did. That sounds more intelligent, conniving. She had a full end game in mind. Oh yeah, not like Teddy. So, dear listeners, we were thinking of doing something a little different in this week's episode. So we put up a question box on Instagram stories. If you aren't following our Instagram at We Don't Have Time for This. Highly recommend lots of companion content to go along with each of our episodes. And we put a question box saying it was an AMA, by the way. Didn't know what that acronym meant. Revs was like, let's do an AMA box. I was like, what the hell is that? But it stands for Ask Me Anything. Ours should technically be a UA, right, Revs? Ask us anything. If you want to get all, like, grammatical, sure. 
I'm all about that. Guys, we're doing an AUA. Yeah, it doesn't quite roll off the tongue, does it? Sounds like an STD. (laughs) Dear listeners sent in their questions and we thought we would try and rattle through as many as we could. I feel like everyone wants to like get to know us a little bit more at this point. Do they? Oh, maybe not. Okay. Let's just get into it. You're so vain. You probably think this part is about you. You're so vain. I'm so vain. But you think this podcast's about you. Don't you? Don't you? Don't you? Well, that was good. Was Was it? it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's take turns. I'll fire one at you. Okay, great. Mm, Let's have a look. Okay. At Emily Grover says... Washing your shoes in the dishwasher. Do you use washing powder or dishwasher tablets? Ooh, good question. So to give context for any newbie dear listeners, one of my life hacks is washing your shoes in your dishwasher. I know a lot of people think, oh my God, as if you wouldn't wash it in the washing machine. But here's the thing. If you put your shoes in the washing machine, bang, 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 you're going to break your machine. Yeah. All over the top of your Netflix. Exactly. (laughs) So if you flip your shoes upside down and put them in the top drawer of your dishwasher and wash them with a, wait for it, dishwasher tablet. Okay. Yeah, not not laundry detergent, just your standard dishwashing tablet. It does a brilliant job. Welcome to the sexiest podcast on the airwaves (laughs) where we talk about how to clean your sandals in an everyday appliance. Best. Highly recommend. Well, there you go. Jodie, now you know. At Laura said, do you ever get cranky with each other? If so, what for? Yeah, we get cranky with each other when we're not on the same vibe. Like tonight? Like when I'm lit and you're so tired, (laughs) you could literally fall asleep right now. And I'm trying to make you have a rager with me. And you're just like, can you go away? I literally feel like your mum tonight. No. No, I do. Like, I feel like you're my teenage daughter and you're like, mama, get funky. Yeah, yeah, get funky. And I'm like, go to bed, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) There's a 90s TV commercial from Australia reference for you. Okay, here's one for you. At Clay and Chai says, when did you guys know you were ready for kids? And there's a few like this in here. So this is one to get into. How did you know you were ready for kids? I would say that for me, biological clock kicked in around age 28. Oh. I was not maternal through my teens, through my early 20s. Like I was not one of those people who knew they wanted to be a parent all what? their life. No, I wasn't. Yes, you did. Promise. You weren't yearning for a baby, but you definitely saw a family in your future. Not with any sort of clarity. Like, I was so career-focused. Yes, true. In my teens and early 20s. And and nowadays, you're giving me shade. Sorry, answer the question. <laughs> I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> and I remember very vividly hitting 28, and I was just in a cafe, and a woman walked in with her newborn, and I couldn't stop staring. Oh. I was just gawking at this baby and then catching myself and I was like, Jem, what are you doing? Mm. Like you're just stalking. And I was like, shake it off. Like that was yeah. weird. And then cut to the next day, like someone walks in with a cute toddler and I was like, oh, you know, and then I was like, oh God, it's happening. Mm. Tick tock, tick tock. Now it's time for baby o'clock. Like I couldn't ignore it anymore. Revs had babies before me. So she had her first at 29. I didn't feel ready then. Mm. But after I met Isla, I was like, oh, I could totally do this. Look at this little munchkin. And then it took me nearly two years to conceive Rafa. So that was that really threw me. 
I know, because the minute you decide you're ready... You want it. Two days later is too long. What made me realize I wanted kids was I got told I probably couldn't have them. That's right. Yeah. So I was only 26 when I got told that. Yes. And I was like, well, now I want 10. Can you give the dear listeners a bit more context sure. about that? Yeah. So I have a thyroid condition. Well, I don't anymore because I had a complete thyroidectomy, which is where they take out your thyroid because I had a thing called Graves' disease. This blows my mind, dear listeners, but Revs has to be on meds for the rest of of her life. Okay, you need to get over this. No, I can't get over it because if we were stuck on a desert island... I'd be fucked. You'd have to hunt a pig for me and I have to eat the pig thyroid. I've asked this question. Yeah. I've actually asked the GP. So in a hostage situation, what would I do? You'd be a liability. Well, I would just get steadily more tired and then I would go to sleep and not wake up. That's what would happen. That's so hectic. I know it's hectic, isn't it? And actually, I had some off medication recently that I was taking for like a month without realizing it was off. And I was getting so tired. And then I twigged. But anyway, I had Graves' disease, which needs a rebrand because it sounds very bleak. So bleak. I'm sorry to tell you, you have Graves' disease. (laughs) No. (laughs) I tried to medicate it. Didn't work in a small percentage where the oral medication doesn't work. So got it taken out and then actually you picked me up from the hospital and the nurse gave me the pills and was like okay so take these pain relief for the next two weeks this one you can be on for another couple of days and this one you take I believe her words were for the rest of your natural life my jaw hit the floor you were shook I actually have a great photo of you in the hospital bed where you're holding the balloons and you looked like death like someone had just peeled you out of a coffin and put you in a bed and forced you to hold balloons to be in a photo and that person was you it was and I'm pretty sure you're flipping the bird yep that sounds about right (laughs) they will sell it to you as quite a straightforward thing to fix but my experience has been it's been a pain in the butt it's really hard to get your levels right and it really fucks with your fertility like anything in the endocrine family it's not endometriosis but it's in the same family as that I also had hectic polycystic ovaries. Yeah. I may still have. You know, it's one of those mystery things. They don't know why it happens. Some cycles are polycystic, some aren't. Anyway, at 26, I had this big combo of polycystic ovaries, lots of active follicles, and then tons of dud eggs, and a thyroid problem. So a doctor said to me, yeah, that's a really hard combination, and you're probably not going to be able to conceive naturally easily. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. I'm sure it's fine. Went and did all the tests. And then another doctor said to me, you will not be able to have a baby naturally. I remember meeting you for a coffee and you breaking down and telling me that news. Yeah. It's funny now because I've had to, I'm like, why would someone say that? I know. But I guess it's their job to deliver that news. Yeah, but I feel like the delivery of their information felt too finite. Yeah. Like one doctor in particular was like, you are not going to be. And I just feel like, look at you now. And I, it's yeah. a common story yes. where you hear people saying, I was told that I couldn't conceive yeah. naturally or blah, blah, blah. And here and are then, my 17 children. Exactly. Yeah. And I said at the time, I was like, okay, so can we like grab some eggs out and science this shit up? Like, let's get a baby up in there. And she's like, no, you can't get the eggs because you're polycystic. You're getting like lots of half eggs they're non-viable eggs that's right but as soon as I was told that I was like cool so now I want a baby and also I was young I was only 26 and people kept saying to me but you're young you're young and I was like what 
it was such a conflicting bit of information. So then I was like, well, let's get on this. Let's make a baby. And it took two and a half years. And was Graham on board? I definitely went harder into it. I was at all the appointments. It's obviously my factory. But yeah, he was up for it. He's like, all right, let's give it a crack. I think he probably thought, oh, this is probably not going to be our story. He took the doctors at their word Mm. that we probably weren't going to have kids. Yeah, I remember very vividly when you told me you were looking at going through the adoption process. Yeah, we looked at adoption. And then we'd actually booked in for IVF. And before we started getting into all the hormone injections and all the appointments and all the emotional stuff that goes with IVF, we decided to take a holiday back to Scotland, see family and just sort of blow off some steam and just have a fun time before all that started. Because you remember in the lead up. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. I feel like this deserves its whole episode unto itself. Oh, it so does. It does. Because it's a big one. And I know that there's a lot of dear listeners who are struggling with conception. Yes. Who want to badly be part of the mum club. And I know that feeling deep in my bones. It's so shit. Yeah. So we promise that we will do a full share of our fertility or infertility journey. Journeys because I went through fertility treatment and I'd love to shed some light on that to bring some hope to some people. And I think another thing that would be interested as well is for any dear listeners out there who have friends going through infertility struggles, but you have children yourself. Oh my God, yeah. How to support them, but also how to manage your own guilt. Oh my God. The hardest thing I've ever had to do was tell you I was pregnant with Teddy while you were going through all of this. Yeah, I remember. Oh my god, what a a prick tease. What a prick tease, I know. We're such prick teasers. i got to finish at least this sentence. I was like, and we went to Scotland, and you're like, whoa, 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 hold it up. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll let you finish just this little nugget. Basically, we went to Scotland for the year leading up to that. I'd eaten only organic, fucking no hormone. I'd done everything you're supposed to do to be, like, very fertile, and I ate all the gluten, all the trans fats, all the hormoned chicken, and then we got pregnant. And I came home with a baby in my tummy. It was the best news. Yeah, it was so great. And also a major shock. So there we go. So That's how we knew we were ready for kids. Yeah, let's just park that for okay. a bit. Soz, guys. Took a bit of a turn, but this is what's so great about these questions. We have no idea where we're going to go with these and what baggage is going to be drawn up. All right. Next question is from Rachel Tag. Love Rachel Tag. Friend of the potty. She asks, if you could change one thing for, not about, the other, what would it be? Oh, so juicy. Oh, my God thought-provoking. I like that. It's a hard one to answer because this is where I get a bit spiritual and woo-woo, but even the shittiest things that happen in your life, I'm a firm believer that they were served up to you with purpose Mm -hmm. and for a reason and for some sort of greater lesson Mm -hmm. for you to move through, work through, whatever you want to say. So I can think of really shit moments and things in your life that I would want to change for you, but then it's a bit like the butterfly effect where I almost don't want to rewrite history because then it might impact your current reality. Okay. I wish you didn't go through the heartache of trying to conceive a baby, but then the baby you might have had wouldn't be Isla. I I know that's so fucking abstract. Yeah, no, it's not at all. Because it would be another baby and we wouldn't even know about Isla, but now that I know Isla... I would have loved Sienna. (laughs) 
I would love to take the stress of work off your shoulders at the moment. I know you're absolutely under the pump at the moment and I can see it's taking time away from family time, from friends, from the things that you love so much in life. You're so social and you love to have rancho relaxo time. You love to travel and you've had none of that for a while because you've just been like pumping it out. I'd love to change that for you. But also like... You have to keep doing the potty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel stretched at the moment, but it's for the greater good of a bigger vision that I know is in the not too distant future. But is it? Like, does that feel legit to you? Like, do you really think you're going to slow down? Are you one of those people who's like, you know what, next week, next week, everything's going to slow right down. I'm going to chill. And then you get antsy and you pile up your plate again. I feel a real shift this time. Okay. I'm committed on a different level. Yeah, well, someone who I love very, very dearly, who's no longer with us, one of the last messages that she gave me was that she wanted to remind me that I'm working too hard and and to remember how hard I worked to have my babies. Mm. And like it, it just struck such a chord with me because she's right. Yeah. I did work hard for my babies and yet here I am, I'm working even harder, which forces me to be away from them. Mm. And I 100% agree. Like it it was just a real wake up call. It was like being called out on it. Like you wanted these babies and it's true. I did so badly. I worked so hard, especially to get Rafa. Yeah. It's made me reassess and get all existential about, yeah, what am I doing this for? And mm. and what, what do I want to achieve out of this? And I feel like I can admit this, but I'm quite selfish in the sense that I seek creative fulfillment. Yeah. And my husband doesn't get it. Yeah. He can't relate to it. He's like, oh, I work as a means to an end. Yeah. Heaps of people just do jobs. Doesn't mean they love it. Yeah. And I'm like, but I have to do what I love. Yeah. I don't know how to do anything else without love and passion. Yeah. And when my cup is full from a creative perspective, I'm a better mum because I'm happier and I'm feeling thrilled and excited about life Mm. and then I come home to my kids and I'm like almost buzzing on a different energy frequency and then there's the reward of like well this will pay off in a way that will better my kids lives yeah on top of that there's that added layer I guess you know they don't care the only thing they want in the whole world is you and time with you so true. And maybe when they're in their 30s, 40s, they'll be like, oh, mum did this and that was so cool. And they'll have a lot of respect for you. Mm. But all they want is you. Dear listeners, something I think might be fun to share with you is that Revs and I had a chat about what our podcast goals are. A dear listener has actually asked us in the question box, what are our future goals? Oh, for the? They? Yeah, oh, let yeah. me find it. This is from at Elise. She wrote, what does the potty future look like for We Don't Have Time For This? How will it continue slash develop? And Revs and I had a little bit of a (laughs) dinner, which we also told our husbands was a strategy meeting. Sure it was. Sure it was. Tell us it's not. Show me how it wasn't a strategy meeting. (laughs) We just wanted to catch up. 
But it was semi-productive. Sure it was. Because we did talk about the podcast future yes. uh-huh. and what we see for it. We got talking about life goals and lifestyle goals and what we want. And while I know that a lot of people will be like, oh my God, Gem, you just work all the time. What about your kids? I will argue that I am a better mum to my kids for being a working mum. Mm-hmm. However, I felt really vulnerable when you just said, your kids just want you. They yeah. don't care about any of that stuff. I felt really exposed just then. And Revs and I agreed that our goals with the podcast is to be able to work fewer days a week and spend more time with our kids. Yeah. We don't know yet how that looks. Yeah. No idea how that looks. Or how we're going to get there. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) The title of this podcast is So Real. So Real. We don't have time for this, but it's about finding that work balance. I've been struggling so much in the last 12 months with how much my kids need me. You know that thing that people tell you that when they start school, they need you more? Yes. Like I heard that. I heard it. I heard everyone say it to me, but I didn't believe it. I didn't get it until I've arrived at it. And I cannot tell you, it's so true. Mm. I feel guilt every single day that I don't pick my daughter up at the bell that she goes to after school care. She used to love after school care and I used to justify it like, that's great. She hangs out with kids from other years and it makes her resilient and she's been in care for her whole life. So it's the same length of day for her, like 3 p.m. short for her. But now she started to be like, I don't want to go to after school care every day. Can I, can you pick me up some days? And I don't have that wiggle room in my schedule. No. And I feel shit about it. Yeah. I I actually think that your kids are at a different emotional level of neediness compared yeah. to mine. It's emotional, it, isn't it? Like your kids need you. They need you to be their bitch. Like legit. They need a Snack bottle. Bitch. They need snacks. They need to be swaddled. They need to be put down for a nap. They, they need, need to, to be bathed. They need Nurofen. They need yeah. like things they can't do for themselves. Yeah, which I think is why I'm not yet sitting with that intense guilt yeah. that you sit with. Yeah. Because um, almost anyone can care for a kid. Exactly. And there are people who can take my place to yeah. fulfill those duties yeah. and Rafa is none the wiser at the moment she hasn't got the emotional intelligence yet to articulate things like mommy you've been gone all week and yeah. I haven't seen you and I'm really I just want to spend more time with you like there's none yeah. of that she just sees me walk in the door after not seeing me for a whole week and she's like hey mama so it's really good for me to like hear you say that you heard that yeah and you didn't really, nothing prepared you nah. for the realness of that. So I'm really taking that on board. So sorry to interrupt. No. I know I'm on a bit of a rant here, but I feel like now is the time for me to work my ass off to get my business to a place where I can step back more. But if I can get that all set up to a place for when Rafa starts school and is Isla's age and really needs me more, then I can be more present I I wish I'd had that foresight. I mean, a lot changed, you know, bloody COVID. We didn't see ourselves living back in Sydney. You know, there's been a big upheaval. So I'm trying to be kind to myself as I always preach to you to be kind to yourself. But yeah, if nothing is more devastating then when your six-year-old looks you in the eyes and says, I don't have any good time with you, and mm. you know she's right. That would crush me. Like, I get 6.30 to 8.30 with her when it's like, put your shoes on, brush your hair, like, can you please eat your wheat bix Let's get out the door, come on, we're late, all that bullshit. Mm. And then I get 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock with her where it's like, eat your dinner, take your shoes off, brush your hair, get in the shower, brush get your to teeth. bed. Mummy's got to go out and record a podcast, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. And none of that is quality time. No. And that's why I've started to guard my weekends so... Viciously. Viciously, because if I can't 
give them any of that time in the week. I've got to give them Saturday, Sunday. Mm. I just have to. But, you know, as they get older, it gets busier. There are kids' parties and there's sport and there's activities and there's family commitments and there's friend commitments. And life is so full and rich and we're so lucky for that. But when your kids feel like they don't get enough from you and then tell you, Mm. I mean, it just makes me think I've got to rethink everything. So what are your lifestyle goals? I don't know. All I know is I want to pick my babes up at the school bell. Yeah. If it's not every day, that's fine. But I'd love to get to a point where I can just pick them up three days a week. Yeah, great. And not pick them up and bring them home and put them in front of the TV and keep working. Yeah. Which is what I do sometimes in a stretch. Yeah. But like pick them up and go do something or go Mm. on a play date or go to the beach or go for a walk or do homework together in not in a way that's rushed and like, I got to get you into bed so I can get back to my emails. So essentially that means being able to clock off from work at three. Yeah. Which uh, what world and what job can you do that in? It's really tough. It is tough. And I've got to say where I'm selfish is I'm an extrovert. I get all my energy from other people and my friendships everything to me Mm. everything and I'm not prepared to give up that part of my life no so something's got to give right I can't say I want it all and have it all you can't have it all you just can't have it all anytime I see ads on Instagram about business mentors who are like how to have it all yeah work for 20 minutes a day and earn five million dollars like it's bs it's so clickbaity and it's bollocks like you can't have it all something does have to give yeah Mia Friedman's book is amazing on this topic I think she wanted to call it balance is bullshit but it's called work strife balance if you want to feel seen it's so good on this topic I think you and I are quite similar in this way where we often go I don't know the answer but I've landed at the problem I've identified what I would like to change and you sort of manifest it and you start looking at things that can shift to allow that to happen and you trust the process I really trust that this year 2021 for me is huge growth in my business which requires a level of me that perhaps I'm I'm unwillingly handing over to my work, but I know I need to because on the other side of this mammoth effort that I'm putting into my business at the moment is white space in my calendar. Yeah. I know it is because I'm trying to design it that way. Yeah. So that I can work episodically throughout Mm -hmm. the year rather than full time. Mm, On projects. On projects. Yeah, cool. That is my ultimate goal. So, Revzy, to answer this question... (laughs) What is the future vision for We Don't Have Time For This? Yeah, can we still do this in our, like, 70s? <laughs> right? It'd be like, babe, I do not have time for this sciatica. <laughs> I do not have time for this single life. Now our husbands are dead. <laughs> what are we going to do? Go play canasta? I don't know. What is seven-year-old us going to do? Be making TikToks? Yeah. And our kids like, Mom, TikTok ended in 2025. <laughs> We're not huge visionaries, necessarily. No, God, no. We're very much like, what are we vibing? And let's do it. We're big time doers. We're doers, but it's intuitive. It is intuitive. I heard a fun um, phrase this week, actually, which is, shoot first, aim later. Love it. <laughs> I feel like that sums it up. That definitely sums shoot it up. Shoot first, aim later. Yeah, this is the creative curse. When you're a creative person, you are constantly seeking. Doesn't matter if you have your life all together, beautiful kids, the partner, the house, the life, whatever. If you're creative, you're almost never fulfilled. Am Mm. I right? And that's why I'm a little bit one eye open on you with your like, and then I'm going to have all this white space in my calendar. Like that sounds good when you're in the thick of it, but also you're always chasing that high. It is a high. It's a curse. I'm sick for ideas. Yeah, I know. I, I froth 
I'm like, oh, and then we can do this, and then we can do that. Yeah. I will say, something I do dream about for the potty is like a live nationwide tour. Nationwide. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'd love to do a live show. Like imagine if we did a live potty. Oh my God. And we tour it to Melbourne and Brisbane. Oh my God, stop it. I don't know. You're making me hard. Well, I just feel like what we preach is friendship. And I think what better excuse to gather your closest girlfriends oh my God, stop than it. to go to like a stop fun, it. I'm getting really pumped. Silly live event. <gasps> can I finally have my big band opening? Oh my God. Can we wear fishnets and like wear top hats? Oh my God. Are we like just remounting Hamilton? <laughs> Full production. Full production. Oh my God. That would be awesome. It'd be so fun. Who do we think we are, honestly? Seriously. And I guess ultimately what I would change for you too is just the amount of work you're carrying on your plate at the moment. Oh, I've married wrong. I should have married for money. I should have married a sugar daddy who was just like, sure, babe, be creative. And also go buy a Chanel. Oh my God. I forgot to tell you. What? I think I drunk bought a Chanel handbag. What? Okay. I'm going to have to make sure Graham doesn't listen to this You can't afford that. I know. Who can? I think I dipped into the renovation account. What were you? I had a few drinks, okay? It's unspeakable. And I can't I can't even bring myself to check my email to see if I did it. You need to return that immediately. But I want it. No! <laughs> it's a fucking handbag. Who gives a fuck? I like nice things, okay? Let me hold this to you. No! Can I just say something that no one ever says? I like stuff, okay? Everyone I want, does. I like things. I want nice things. I like handbags. <laughs> You're allowed to like nice things. I like nice things. Yeah. But if I hold these two options in front of you, home renos or Chanel handbag. I know. Okay, hang on. I know. It's obscene. For, this is the thing. You know how some people eat their feelings? And I certainly have eaten my feelings in the past. I feel like these days I shop my feelings. Oh, that's problematic. I know. But like sometimes I'm like, mm, I need to get online and just like get a fix. <laughs> I need to buy something. And then I should probably stop and go, okay, what is going on for you? Let's dissect this and unpack this well, for I you. feel like people must do this. I've certainly in the last little bit been shopping my feelings. That's problematic. Yeah, but you don't do that? No. You don't? No. What makes you shop? I'm sensible Sandy about money. We know this about me. I'm really boring. But you also have nice things. Like you like to buy stuff. Like what makes you shop? What? What gives you the impetus? Like, is it just scrolling on the couch and then things pop up and you follow a rabbit hole and then well, suddenly you've bought, you know, 16 new tops? Well, if I'm really honest, I haven't really shopped much lately because I haven't had time. Oh, my God. I know. Yawn. But it's Wow, true. what a scintillating episode. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I did a lot of shopping when we moved into this place a year ago. Yeah. That I'm a little bit shopped out. Oh, I don't even know what that is. Honestly, I don't think I could ever be shopped out. All right, cool. All right, well, so I'm so glad you're so good with your money. Well done. Congrats. I might have drunk bought a Chanel bag. So if I'm divorced in the next couple of weeks, you'll know why. But how nice will I look out on the single scene with my fancy bag? I am not that person who covets branded stuff. Okay, I've never wanted a nice car. I'm not that into shoes. I like shoes, but I'm not that into them. I love a handbag. What? Can I don't just... know. It really brings the outfit together, you know? And they like... Do you find yourself... I hear myself. It sounds stupid. Do you find yourself coveting other yes. people's bags? Yes. Because I don't. Well, I... congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> You're far better than me. Like, I see people with a Chanel handbag on the streets and I'm like, cool. Do you? Yeah. Like, I feel so indifferent. And if 
anything, I'm like, I hope that was a good investment. Cause... Well, they are an investment. It's like art. You can sell them for, they appreciate every year. That's no. why there's, they, no, but they do. You no. can't, no, that's a fact. That's not an opinion. That's a fact. That's such BS. No, they do. A girl in my office bought one when she was 16 for like, I want to say six grand. It's now worth $12,000. She's doubled her investment. How old is she? She's like nearly 30. <laughs> That is such a shit investment. You buy something at yes. 16. Oh my God, you're so right. You could work retail for the same amount of time and have way more money. Exactly. <laughs> and then you bring inflation into the mix. No, oh, that's... fuck off with inflation. Don't bring inflation around my Chanel handbag. I'm sorry, but that, that is, is a obnoxious. shit investment. <sighs> cool. It like doubled in value in 15 years. Look, I'm just trying to justify a nice thing. I have a shitty lemon of a car. I want a nice bag. Everyone has their thing. Yes. Okay. What's your thing? I don't have a thing. Oh, you just said I'm a big believer. Everybody has their thing. Okay, sorry. I don't have a thing. Okay, I do enjoy art. Is that really wanky? Yes, but sure. (laughs) Let's wrap it up there. You know what I do enjoy? I do enjoy organic linen children's wear. So do I. No, I was taking the piss. Oh. All right, let's quick fire through some more questions. Okay. We're talking too much. Oh, at Murphrase says, I agree with Kate on almost everything. Discuss. Cool. <laughs> All right, next one. <laughs> um, oh, this is so funny. P.S. She said almost. All right. You can hang on to that if you want, my love. <laughs> at Missy Margarita, <laughs> love that vibe, said, can you give up your day jobs and do daily podcasts? Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my god, like, but can we? <laughs> no, but what we talk about, we're like, we're full-time working mums. <laughs> I know, it would completely change the brand. If we're like, we have time for this. <laughs> One of these days we'll get back to work and actually make a living. <laughs> hey, if you're out there and you want to sponsor Daily Eps, run at do. us. Okay, this is fun. At Carbroom says, waxing down there, what does everybody really do? Um, You have kids? Waxing? What's that? Does anyone still wax down there? Is that a thing? I've lasered everything off. Yeah, I did laser once. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. It thinned it out. It's patchy. That's not how it works. <laughs> You've got to do it like minimum six times. I'm really lazy with beauty commitments. Yeah. So lazy. But you're not very hairy. I'm not. It's the Asian. Yeah. No, I'm like a dolphin now. It's all gone. <laughs> it's so zip, good. Zip, zip, zip. Really? So you don't even have any little random bits of bum fluff that appear? Look, I'm trying to like get back on top of that stuff. I feel like there was a solid six years of just like, wow, she really let herself go. (laughs) And now I'm feeling like, all right, back at it. Make yourself half decent. Yeah. So yeah, laser is my answer. (laughs) And Jem's answer is... She's a hairy, hirsute bitch. <laughs> and hey, maybe Hubs is into that. So at Charlene Lay says, how do you know when you've found the right person to settle down with? Ooh. Tricky. No one knows. It's all a massive leap of faith. I do think timing comes into play. Absolutely. I think sometimes you meet, I feel like a lot of people will be relate to like meeting someone that you're like, ah, oh, if only we were meeting in yeah. 10 years time, I need yeah. to like party and just be a or shit. Or if only he was single, if only I was single. Or... All of that. Yeah. Or if like someone's moving away or whatever, all that timing does seem to come into it. I don't know. I'm a big believer that you don't have a soulmate either. I mm. think there's plenty of options floating around out there. Otherwise, it's just too fucking convenient that everyone's soulmate happens to live in their suburb. Timing and a massive leap of faith. And anyone who says they just know and they know it forever you can't know no you can't 
You can't know. Things change. People grow. If you're lucky, and I really think it's luck, I don't think it's a skill. Maybe I'll change my mind on that as we get older. But where we sit today, I think if you found someone that you love and you're happy with and everything's fine and dandy, you're so lucky. And if you grow together and evolve together and change together and you still suit and you still want to be married, that's so lucky. Very lucky. And congrats, you know. And I think you're an example of taking a leap of faith. Fuck yeah. Because, Child bride. <laughs> well, yeah. But also you and Grey, not to rehash this, we do talk about this in another episode, but Revs and Grey had only been together for seven or eight months and then he dropped a knee. I was horrified because they hadn't even experienced living together and I, I feel like living together sort of unveils a lot about one another. Yeah. But here they are together today. Yeah, for now. <laughs> We are going to get to that point soon where people are going to start separating. Yeah. And we've also... Statistically. And we've also talked about this on another episode. Yeah, we have. And here's where Jem wants to announce her separation. (laughs) Dude, Hubs will be leaving my ass soon. He's been so good at the parenting gig and I've just been dropping the ball left, right and centre. Why? How did you know you'd pick the right person? I don't know. I feel very like the stars aligned, divine timing with Hubs and I. Because he and I met when we were 11. He was my literal next door neighbor Mm -hmm. and we never dated. And then we experienced completely separate paths in life that took us in very different directions. And then we found ourselves re-meeting again at the perfect time. Yeah. So I feel like for us, there was more at play. Yeah. Than our decision making. Yeah. Does that sound too woo-woo? Do you think it was all that romance that you were like, yeah, obviously, this is what's going to happen? Or did you have a deep knowing? He says he had a deep knowing. I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't like 14 and thinking, yeah, I'm going to marry that man. Whereas he says that he did. Yeah. But I'm glad it worked out the way it worked out. I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. I feel very lucky. It's just luck. It's just like, I know relationships take work, but you know, at the core, it's got to be two people who want to be there. And that's luck. Kate, question for you. (laughs) At Steph says, what is your wine to soda ratio? 50-50? Great question, at Steph. Um, Okay, so I like to do like a good glug of wine. Like, I would say like an 80% glass. Like, what would you, you would normally normally pour for a glass and then fill it to the brim with soda but also like tons of ice in there babe get the ice in ice and wine and listen to me my specialty subject (laughs) this one's from at april v Lindsay. why do you feel the need to get botox what's the draw and do you ever get shit for it I've never gotten shit for it, but maybe that's because I don't pretend I haven't had it. Like, I'm quite happy to tell anyone who'll listen that I've had it. But also, at the same time, you don't get shit for it that you know of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe a lot of people talk behind my back. Maybe everyone's like, wow, she gets a face full of Botox and you wouldn't know it. <laughs> she looks haggard as fuck. <laughs> or they're saying she's got a face full of Botox and boy, do we know it. She yeah. looks shiny as fuck. Shiny, do I? No, you don't. But apparently, when Botox is done better, badly your forehead looks super shiny oh right okay maybe that's because it's just so smooth the sweat just glistens look uh what's the draw look if you go right back to f1 it's all in there but basically i was just feeling like a tired haggard sleep deprived bitch and you know fittingly because i am and was and I just wanted to try it, and it instantly made me look less dog-tired. Yeah. And now I think I'm in. Yeah. I think I'm in now. I don't know. I'm all for people doing whatever makes them feel good. Here's the thing. It's not permanent. It's not like getting a tattoo, and even that's not permanent anymore. You metabolize it. If you don't like it, in three months, it's like you never had it. You know? If you can shout yourself, I'm a big fan. 
I'm going to give it a go. Yeah, give I it a go. I keep talking about it yeah. and doing nothing it's about like it. It's like me with my keep cup. You're like, I'm doing, I'm going to do Botox, but like TikTok, when are you going to do it? <laughs> Speaking of, a dear listener at Hinching wrote, Revs, you ordered that better cup yet? Um, no, I haven't. <laughs> I really need to do it right now. I've got no excuses. I don't know what's stopping me. Yeah, you're being slack-tastic. I'm being so slack. I'm, I'm on it. Better cup. I'm, I'm coming for you. Good. Oh, here's a cute one. At Octavie Kirk said, what are your favourite things about each other? So obsessed with the potty. Love from the UK. Hey, UK. Yay, Miss we love you. you. Revs, what are your favourite things about each other? Yeah. Oh, my God. I love how silly you are. What? No, I'm serious. Yeah, you're a silly bitch. You're not that silly tonight. And let's be honest, it's a buzzkill. But usually, <laughs> I just love getting silly with you. Yeah, that's my favourite thing about you, too. Yeah. But, not to get all serious in tone, <laughs> but you really are one of those people in my life who inspires me Aww. so much. Aww. You are. You're a huge inspo to me. Really? Still? Like, maybe in year 12. No. <laughs> you are. Does that shock you? Yes. You're so fucking clever. Oh. Look at you getting awkward. You're, like, cringing. She's gone all, like, into a shell, guys. Imagine a hermit crab that's just, like, recoiled. This is revs. But it's true. I'm going to gush about you. You're one of the smartest people I know, but you're also a creative genius. You're an amazing friend. You're emotionally intelligent. And you're hashtag goals, babe. Oh, honey, really? We should have married each other. I know. Do like that penis. Love yeah, because we're getting so much of it at the moment, aren't we? <laughs> you are so inspiring to me too. Oh God, that w- I didn't lay that out okay. in order for you okay. to like you too. Okay, okay, okay. okay. No okay. circle jerk. Cool. Yeah. I'm call it. Calling it. Yeah, call it. <laughs> Love you. Bedtime routines. There's a lot in here about sleep. Ooh, Revs and I are gonna admit uh, we are freaking scared. Yeah, we don't want to touch sleep. We're scared, guys. It's a Huge trigger on all sides. Yeah, and it's such a polarizing argument. And it's so personal. It is. It's so personal. I guess what we can get into is like how sleep affects you. Yes. Or lack of sleep. There's a few things in here about sleep. One of them is what are your bedtime routines? Boring, I know, but interested. And someone else said, Revs, how did you finally make Isla sleep? Well, I'll give that answer because it's a really quick one. I didn't. She just started doing it when she turned five. Yeah. And if there had been a thing I'd done, I would shout it from the rooftops. But I literally tried every single product, every single method. I had very expensive professionals come around to my house. Literally nothing worked. And then she turned five. She started school. She started sleeping. Mm. They all do sleep eventually. Can I give the footnotes version of my experience? I am militant with my kids' bedtimes. It's a non-negotiable for me. I've worked really hard to create a scaffolding routine for my kids that they can fall back on and know the predictability of our day because bedtime is always the same. So 7pm bedtime, Iggy often goes down at 6.30, so Raph gets half an hour on him, so we read books in bed. I don't really waver off of that and I will say because I can only talk from my own experience that we sleep trained yeah both of our kids with Iggy I worked with a sleep consultant because he was particularly bad and I am very pro it because my experience of it was fantastic and I can argue the whole case of my kid is happier because he's learnt to sleep connect sleep cycles and self-settle and I know there's going to be some parents on the other side who are like no it's really bad for them to sleep train them and meh 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 and this is why we're not getting into it. <laughs> yeah, and this is why we're not. And this is why we weren't going to go there. <laughs> it's 
so personal. I will just quickly say, I know someone's asked for your bedtime routine, but that doesn't always lead to good sleep, having a militant bedtime routine, because Isla's had a militant bedtime routine since the day she came home. That was one thing that I need personally. I need that routine. I'm a routine person. So she had that. It did not help at all. So I think a militant bedtime routine is definitely something you need in there, but it's not the answer. But there is no answer. Some kids don't sleep. I think it's more like how do you deal with your own shit when you're sleep deprived? So how do you? How do you? You go first. Well, I mean, my answer is simple. Iggy was waking up seven times a night when he was about eight weeks to 12 weeks old and I lost my fucking mind. Yeah. I was hearing voices. Yeah. So I hired a sleep consultant. That's my answer. And I know it doesn't work for everyone. Rev's worked with so many sleep consultants and didn't get the results she hoped for. I did and worked a treat. Yeah. I worked with Lisa Dinney from Cherish Your Sleep. If you want to give her a go, go for it. I'm not going to sit here and give you a guarantee. Yeah. But she really held my hand through the process and it was life changing. So how did you survive when you were dog tired during that period when he was up seven times a night? I didn't survive. Yeah. It was horrendous. Yeah. I was narky at my husband. I felt like I was failing everyone from Rafa to my husband to my job. Like I was so tired and yeah. loopy yeah. that I knew something had to change. And so I made change happen. And I think Sometimes people endure it for too long. I know it's easy to go, well, you know what? My kid's going to eventually learn to sleep. Yep. But five years of sleep deprivation oh. is fucked. Yeah, it's fucked. So sometimes I think there's productiveness in trying shit. Oh, for sure. Because while Rev's tried everything under the sun. Everything. But I started too late. I feel like you've got to get in there early. But then there's all this advice against that. It's a minefield. It's a minefield. Yeah, guys, we're not going to go there. I love how we said that. And then we went there and then we keep pulling ourselves from the brink and we're like, let's, no, let's, no, 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 don't troll us. Stay with us. We love you. I'll tell you how I survived sleep deprivation. Coffee, 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 wine, wine, wine. And uh, structure your day via beverage. Okay. If you didn't live in a two bedroom apartment, would you put your kids in the same room? Yes. I shared a room with my brother growing up and I loved it. Love a shared room. And we've recently transitioned Raf to a big girl bed and we bought her a bed with a trundle bed because I'm hoping that Iggy might want to go in there with her. They'll have their own rooms, but I want to give him the option to to sleep sleep on the trundle. Yeah, with her. Because I have very fond memories growing up of my brother and I sharing a trundle bed. Loved it. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I love a shared room. It's lovely. They don't get scared. They've got each other. And bedtime's really nice because you can do it in one hit. You put them both in, tuck them in, give them a kiss. Night, guys. And off they go. You know what? I've just thought of something that is helpful at bedtime that I will make my not sponsored because I know it works for a few people. All right. At Katie Daly, 31 said, how to deal with toddler tantrums? I'm losing the will. Oh, I mean, I don't have any advice. I do. Listen to a podcast called Unruffled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Janet. I love Janet. Oh, my God. My girlfriend who has a kid exactly the same age as mine, we used to say, what would Janet do? Yeah, she's the best. (laughs) She's the master. Yeah, I do love Janet. So I went through a stage where Rafa was having crazy meltdowns. And I looked up a Janet Lansbury Unruffled episode and it really helped me. But basically she said that when kids are in that red mist rage Mm -hmm. where they're lying on the floor kicking and screaming and your instincts are to try and get them out of it. Yeah. So you start 
So then you enter their space and you're trying to offer them things or make suggestions or bargain or bargain or pull them out of it. And Janet says the best thing you can do for them is hold space Mm -hmm. and let them move through the storm of emotions themselves. And you can tell when they come out of it. Uh And I did this this one time where Rafa lost her shit over, wait for it, chicken nuggets being cut in half when she didn't want them cut. Now that is fucking unreasonable and irrational. It was like we had destroyed her life. Oh, for sure. And she went into this full rage and Hubs was like, all right, you know, trying to remedy it. Yeah. But nothing was stopping. And I said, babe, let's just step back. Yeah. Let her know that we're here for her, but not offer her anything, not interject nothing. She screamed the house down for 20 minutes. She was kicking and screaming. Like, it was intense. Oh, my God. And then all of a sudden, she just got up and went, Mommy, Daddy, can I have some water, please? Like, it was so weird. It was like the tornado had passed. you can definitely make it worse. And then when she came round, because it does feel like some sort of fit that she's in. So when she came back to us, we said, now, next time you can tell mummy and daddy if you do or don't want us to cut your chicken nuggets. We just tried to have a conversation with her about it Right, so you're not like, you just completely ignored it. No. Yeah, okay. But you you can't engage with the terrorists. But I think where that gets challenging is when you have that situation in public. Yes. Where it really kills a vibe. Yeah. Like, imagine being in the supermarket in aisle seven. Oh, I can imagine. And your toddler is straight up lying on the floor, kicking and screaming, and you can't continue doing what you're doing yeah. and everyone's watching if i ever see that i give that mom the biggest warmest smile that's all i've got same I <laughs> if salute it's not them. me i try and like give a little nod like oh been there just so they don't feel alone because I, that's happened to me and it's just saved my mental health <laughs> totally do you remember pre-kids when you'd get on a flight and there'd oh, be yeah. a kid sitting like next to you or yeah, across yeah. the aisle and you'd be like Oh no. And then when they're crying, you get off the plane and then you're like, oh, worst flight ever. I had this toddler who was just like screaming the whole time. Yeah, I'm so sorry. It was so hard for you. Now, in recent years, when someone's gotten on a flight with a kid, I give them all the eye contact support. Yes, 100%. Of like, wow, good on you. Yeah, and that kid deserves to fly as much as the next person. That kid's got somewhere to be, family to see, holidays to go, whatever. But I do think until you move through the experience of it yourself, you can't extend as much empathy totally one last thing that janet lansbury gave advice on which i found really works for rafa is empowering her with options yes so instead of demanding something from her i will give her two options so i'll give you a perfect example of this where she doesn't want to eat her dinner Mm -hmm. so then i say okay rafa you've got two options you can sit in front of the tv eat your dinner and watch bluey or you go to bed yeah And I say, which one do you want to do? It's one or the other. And she's like, I don't want to go to bed. And then I just repeat that line. You've got two options. Do you want to sit in front of the TV and eat your dinner? Or do you want to go to bed? And then she weighs it up in her head. I mean, she's nearly three. And she always goes begrudgingly, all right, I'll eat dinner. Because she knows that there's an alternative option. And she knows that she doesn't want that. And it works. My answer, how do you deal with toddler tantrums? Coffee, 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 and then wine, 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 wine. (laughs) Here's a funny one from our dear listener. This is from Jay Stenmark. She wrote, 
when there is a swipe up link, do you get a commission? <laughs> if not, you 100% should. Oh, I wish we got a commission every time we yeah. added a swipe up link. I mean, we don't have swipe up, but you do. And the answer is no, I don't get a commission. But we you're sh- right. You should. I should. Dear Instagram, give us a swipe up link for yeah. the we don't have time for this potty so we can add that feature in if that oh even God, is a thing. Oh my God, look at this one. At Mrs. Health 2020. Will Jem go to Kate's hairdresser now after Kate wasn't happy with her last haircut? Oh my God, I have to clarify. It wasn't the hairdresser we always go to. No. She's on leave, so I didn't get to go to her. So I had to fly blind and pick a random local, and it was really bad. I had a bad haircut. I looked like a Lego lady. Yeah, it wasn't good. But it's okay. Mon came and fixed it, and I have gone on about her on my personal Instagram, so you can go check that out. She's amazing. She took like 15 minutes. Oh, dream. Oh, so good. And she said, if I want colour done, she can come around, put it on, go out, get some lunch, come back, take it out while I'm working. Best. Life hack. I can't wait to work with her. Someone said, what diet are you on? Next. Here we go. At Char Bowles says, do you feel like you are successful work and personal life? That's a good one. Ooh, I guess it, we all have to start with um, defining what success is to us. Yes. Take it away, Revs. I would love to say success to me is happy children and a happy family and, you know, lots of time with family and friends. I am ambitious. I do have career goals and I want a career and I want to work. So success to me would be somehow finding that magical balance we previously said doesn't exist. But success to me would be happy and fulfilled in my career to the point where my colleagues thought I was good at my job. That Actually, that's what I think success is. I've never wanted notoriety or to be like famous or anything, but I have always coveted colleagues thinking she's really good at her job and wanting to recommend me to people or talking about me like, oh, you should hire her because she's really good at that. That's mm, success to me. Yeah. Yeah. People in your industry thinking you're the shit. Yeah. That to me is success. Personal success is, yeah, if I raise feminist children who are kind and who have a sense of charity, that would be success to me. I love that. You? Do you feel you're successful? I would say I have felt most successful in my 30s. Oh, yes. Um, because Great I, point. Mostly because I feel like I give less fucks. Yeah. And that is a hugely successful feeling because you just care less yeah. what other people think. Yeah. And I realize that for me that has been a root of my own happiness. Yeah. Because then that results in contentment, that results in being present. And being that, better at your job. Yes, and gratitude, Yeah. to use the big G word. Yeah. But it's true. And if it comes to work success, like, yeah, I feel like I'm kicking goals with shit. I am very fearless about having an idea, pursuing it, getting it done. My nickname could be Gemma Gets Shit Done Peanut because that's what I do. No longer do I muse on an idea and not have a strategy in place to get that done. So I guess in that way, I feel fulfilled. Personal success for me would definitely be to keep a tight-knit family through all the decades of life. Yeah. I want Rafa and Iggy to be thick as thieves as siblings. I want them to grow up into adults, loving and respecting each other but also wanting to spend time with family and making that value a huge priority like I hope they each have kids one day and go family is really important to me because I grew up in a really tight-knit family yeah GP. and like Revs I really want to raise feminist children who really respect themselves mm-hmm. 
as well as others and are just kind. Yeah, just be kind. Just be kind. Compassionate, empathetic people. Yep. Yeah. It's really simple. One thing I definitely don't feel successful on is the juggle. Yeah. Nah. The working mum juggle. Oh my God. I couldn't feel less successful about that. I feel like every day is a plate spin where all the plates crash to the ground, shatter into a million pieces, and then I step in those shards and my feet start bleeding. That's how I feel every single day. Oh, preach. This month, I had a complete meltdown to hubs in the lead up to this epic filming week where I just cried and he was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just feel like I'm letting everyone down. Mm. I feel like I'm letting you down. I feel like I'm letting the kids down. I feel like I'm letting my parents down, my in-laws, my work wife, like with the podcast with Revs, like she did a double backer episode edit for me when she was also busy with work. It's a shit feeling, feeling like you're failing everyone in your life. Yeah. And it's just because you can't, keep those plates spinning yeah and it all came crashing down on me but I'm on the other side of that now I had to move through it yeah and here I am yeah lucky it's Easter woohoo that's a low-key time for mums just getting all the eggs for everyone and then hiding them and keeping up the ruse of the Easter bunny and and you're getting rid of dummies Mm-hmm. Sounds like a chill time ahead. Okay, last question. Yeah. All the tips re transitioning from one to two kids. Help! Coffee, coffee, coffee. Wine, 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 wine. 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 <laughs> um, divide and conquer. One of you on one kid, one on the other. That does end. You do become a unit, but divide and conquer. Playdates. Playdates and bitch. Bitch and whinge to each other on the phone. Coffee, 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 wine, wine. In case there are people out there who are anxious about having their second because they're worried about the transition for their first, because I think that's I think that's the root of a lot of fears. Yeah, they've got feelings too, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Let me say this: worry not about your firstborn, because your firstborn will still consume (laughs) eighty percent of your energy, time, and attention when their little sibling comes along. Yeah. Because they are older, they have more language, they have more needs, they're louder, they're probably at an age where they're tantruming or demanding more. Do you know who you should be fucking feeling for? The second born. Spoken like a true second born. Ain't that the truth? Those poor firstborns, they're like the light of everyone's life and then along comes this cuter, more evolved beta version, (laughs) 2.0, and everyone's like, bye firstborn, you're less cute. We're all into this baby. So, just a shout out to those firstborns out there from a fellow firstborn. That's not advice. That's just a thorn in my side. (laughs) But this is the thing. I don't understand when people say, oh, I'm just not ready to have a second because I'm just enjoying spending all of my time. I don't want to... I get that. No, no. Okay, I'm going to pipe up again as a true secondborn. You know what? I never got my parents one-on-one to myself. I was born into a life of shareddom of my parents. So get over it. (laughs) Have the the second kid and trust that your firstborn is going to be A-O-fucking-K. And a people pleaser for the rest of their damn life. (laughs) All right. Should we get to our... Hashtag not sponsored. Yes, and I've got a dope one, and it's to do with sleep or mindfulness, and for kids. Hit me with it. So, it's an app. It's called Moshi. M-O-S-H-I. It is like the Calm app for adults, which is like meditations and sleep stories, 
but for children. It's beautifully designed. Your kid can choose which story they want. I put this on at bedtime every single night. It's designed by meditation psychologist experts. I can't remember the exact credentials, but it's legit. It's got lovely music. You pop it on, you walk out the door, they drift off to sleep. When my kids have done a Moshi story, they are less wakeful. Love that. Yeah, it's really good. What a great hashtag not sponsored. Yeah, I'll put a link in the show notes. What about you, babe? My hashtag not spawny this week, I feel like is another... Not spawny. <laughs> not spawny. I feel is also quite a helpful one. So when Rafa hit a certain age, nappy changing became a fucking nightmare. I remember. It was equal to wrestling a death rolling crocodile. I remember. Shit everywhere. Oh, back Just, to the shit. Yeah, it was, it was awful. But there's this amazing contraption. It's called Wriggle Bum. Mm-hmm. We'll add it in the show notes. But it's essentially a nappy changing harness. It's got a beautiful design and it prevents your child from being able to roll over while they're on the change table. Now, there are obvious safety features with this that are already amazing. But for me, the other great detail about it is that it's completely washable Mm -hmm. and it's got this little D-ring clip thing where you can clip on one of those Lamas, Lamaze, what are they called? Lamas, Lamaze? Oh yeah. You can clip on... Lamaze, I think. We were the basic bitches calling it Rattan. So, you know, (laughs) don't quite us. I'm going to call it Lamaze. (laughs) (laughs) You can clip on one of those Lamaze toys Toys. to keep the baby entertained. Yes, and it works really, really well. It was a game changer for me with Rafa. I remember. Um, Iggy, I'm only now just starting to use it because he's suddenly piped up and decided he hates nappy change time. One thing I should note, though, is that it doesn't stop them from screaming. But what I liked about it is that I could just get the job done. Because previous to having the wriggle bum, it was a whole lot of screaming from both of us while I was trying to wrestle her and flip her back onto her back to clean her bum and get that nappy on. But when I started using the wriggle bum, it was a whole heap of screaming from Rafa and then it was over because I was able to get the job done. Great. So worth checking out wriggle bum. Definitely a worthwhile investment. And you'd be supporting a small mum run biz. Woo! Love it. What a slam dunk of a not spawny. Love it. How to get your kids to sleep and not shit all over the walls. Cue the outro. One of these days we'll have an outro to our podcast. Your feet are sweating. That's how hot it is in here. I know. Your feet are sweating. Look at my hands. Oh, babe, that's not right. It's my hyperhidrosis. Are you okay? It's a condition I have. It's awful. My extremities sweat. I know, but like, it's really on fire right now. (laughs) I know. Well, it's very hot in here. We are in a cupboard. We need to level up. So we need to start making money off this podcast so we can have a studio. Let's get it going.